Let's pray. Lord in heaven, you bring us much joy. It is a joyful experience to be in your house today to praise you. And now as we open the word, may the Holy Spirit speak to us about a banner that we can fly in our lives of joy. Amen. November 2, 2016. Not election day. November 2, 2016, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. Now, every time the Chicago Cubs win a baseball game at home, they fly a big banner, a W, which stands for win over their stadium. I was thinking every time we have a baptism, we should fly a, a banner over the church, a W, a win for Jesus. Every time the Chicago Cubs win a baseball game, they fly a W over their stadium. And this spring, when the new season begins, the Chicago Cubs will do something they have not done since 1918, or 1908, sorry, 1908, fly a World Series championship banner over Wrigley Field. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, I think somebody mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Ellen White was, was still alive in 1908. And I hate to bring this up, but women could not even vote in 1908. A lot has changed since 1908. This is a big deal. In fact, the last time the Chicago Cubs were in the World Series in 1945, my grandfather... Charlene's father stood in line for game seven of the 1945 World Series between the Chicago Cubs and the Detroit Tigers. He stayed in line all night. He was about the 10th, 12th person in line. He said there were thousands of people behind him. He was 33 years old. He went up to the window and they said, how many tickets would you like? And he said, one ticket. The moment he got out of line, a group of people surrounded him and asked the famous question, do you have any extra tickets? He said, wow. He could have bought four. He bought one. Probably could have paid for my college education with one of those tickets. So this is a big deal, the Cubs winning a World Series, and it has brought great joy to the Chicago Cub fans, to the city of Chicago, and Cub fans everywhere. Think of a time in your life or times when you have experienced great, great joy. Think of it. When was the last time? Don't shout it out, students. We don't want the answers. When was the last time, keep it in your mind, that you experienced great joy? great joy. Let me talk to this side so they don't <laughs> complain about that. 1974, I was in sixth grade, 13 years old. They used to do this thing in sixth grade back then, hand out the report cards. They were on a thing called paper, and the teacher wrote the grades on there. I had not done my due diligence I had not studied as much as I should have. I had not, I'm a 13-year-old boy, come on. Okay, I hadn't turned in all my homework. I knew I had not done great on the tests. 
I open the report card. All A's. I had great exceeding joy until I looked at the name <laughs> on the report card. The only thing that that report card and my report card had in common was the letter, first letter of the last name, S. It was somebody else's report card. But it was a moment of great joy. I remember 1975, Game 6 of the World Series, Carlton Fisk hits a home run to beat the Cincinnati Reds, another team. I grab winners. I like to grab onto winners. To lose Game 6 of the World Series, again, 13. That was a bad year for me, 13. I remember going to bed that night, walking down the hallway in my parents' house, crying because they had lost Game 6. Now they won Game 7 the next night, and that was exciting. 1988, my wife is here, so I'll be careful. Our wedding day, about this distance, I remember those doors were closed in the back. I will say that my wife was three and a half hours late, but don't make a big deal out of it. Um, and that was in days before, we didn't have cell phones or communication, so it was troubling. But the doors, <laughs> the doors opened. I couldn't believe it, that this person is choosing to marry me. And she came down the aisle with her father. And I remember I came down to get her. He wouldn't let go. <laughs> he wouldn't let go. And she said to him, it had double meeting. Dad, it's time to let me go. That was a great day of joy. I will tell you this too, interesting. That was August 7, 1988. 8788. My mother in law wanted us to wait one more day to make it 8888. And I said, maybe the most wise words, or maybe the most unwise words I've ever said in my life. I've waited all my life. I can't wait one more day. So, all right, points for me, right? Okay, all right. Of course, the birth of our son, our first daughter, our second daughter. A times that bring great joy. You have these times. You have these lists. Moments where you lived under that glorious banner of joy. You know what today, church? God wants us to have joy. He really wants us to have joy. He wants us to fly the banner of joy over our lives. How do we know this? Well, we know it from Scripture. Let's look at Psalm 20. Let's go through this together. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Verse 2. May he send you help from, his, from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Key points. We have joy here because of four things. God answers. Do you believe that? He defends. I'll take that. He helps. Amen. And he strengthens. He answers. He defends. He helps and strengthens us in the day of trouble. I wonder if today is a day of trouble for you. 
As pastors, we are very aware of your stories and we pray over them and we share them and we hear them. And every day we come into church and we open our emails and someone has died, someone's in the hospital, something has happened. You're not just faces. I see stories here that have gone through trouble, that are going through trouble and expect trouble. God strengthens us in our time of trouble. As aware as we are as pastors, God is more aware of your situation. I remember as a young boy, Wayne, listening to my dad preach, and one time he got up to preach, and he just started to cry. My dad was a very emotional guy. It's a big church, not a church you probably should cry in. And he said he was just overwhelmed from the marriage here and the death here and the mental Ill illness issue here, and he just was overwhelmed by the trouble that people were going through. And as much as we as pastors know it, God knows it even more. And he says, I will answer you. I will defend you. I will help you. I will strengthen you in your day of trouble. So if you're in a day of trouble, you're not alone. You are not alone. Verse 4, verse 3, may he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt offering, sacrifice, May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your petitions. Verse 5, we will rejoice in your salvation and in the name of our God, we will set up our what? Banners. We will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. And verse 6 says, now I, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Key point, we have joy because we have salvation from our God, from his strong right hand. Keep going through Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Today we could say you trust in nuclear weapons, in big bombs, in planes, in ships, battleships, soldiers, military. Some trust in these things. But we remember the name of the Lord our God. David's writing this psalm. Remember when he went out against Goliath? He said, I come to you with what? In the name of the Lord God of Israel. This is a powerful banner that we can carry. Key point, we have joy, as David did, because we trust and remember the name of our Lord, our God. Verse 8 and 9. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we call. I get distracted. I was supposed to stay in Psalm 20, but I just had to look at Psalm 21, and I just had to grab 21.1. I just had to grab it. It's somewhere. Saint David's writing this. It's a different song. He says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. If we have the banner of joy in our life, if we have God in our life, we are able to rejoice no matter what the current situation. So I ask you this question. 
Can you as a believer in Jesus have joy today? In the middle of your suffering and misery, can you find and experience joy? This side, let me go over here so I don't get in trouble. I met a man this week, sometimes a stranger, and we just started talking and he, he was sharing with me that he just buried his father three weeks ago. He was telling me how hard it was, but then he went on to tell me that three months ago, he buried his three-year-old grandchild. And he told me the story, and it's just tragic. The little three-year-old boy was at daycare, and he choked on a meatball. He choked to death on a meatball. What do you say to someone? But then he said to me, but I still have God. I still have hope. I still have a, a belief that I'll see them again. I want to give you and share the Bible five reasons that you and I as believers in Jesus can have joy today. Five banners that you can plant in front of you so that when the enemy comes at you, you can be defended. Five banners of joy that are for you and me. Here we go. Banner of joy number one. God has given you and I the gift of life. We have life. We're alive today. What a precious gift to be alive. Man, I miss my dad. My dad's been gone 15 years. I think about him every day. It's his tie. I wear his ties when I preach. I have two or three of his ties. I think about him. I miss him. I want to see him again. It's a long separation, but I have a life. And I have a life to live today. And I miss those. You miss those that are no longer here. But we have life. John 1, 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Jesus Christ made you and gave you life and wants you to celebrate life. It says, without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. What are you doing with the banner of your life? We always think that we have more time than we do. We always project out more than we have. What we have is today to enjoy. God, and God has given us this special 24-hour period to be with him to celebrate life. So banner number one the joy of life. Banner number two of joy is God has given you not only life, but the gift of, how about some eternal life? Eternal life. Do you really believe that you're going to live forever because of what Jesus has done for you? Man, if you believe that, you can face things in your life. How do we know it? Jesus said in John 6, 47, Jesus said this, most assuredly, undoubtedly, absolutely, positively, I say to you, he who believes in me has, present tense, 
everlasting life. Jesus does not want anyone to go out of here today and say, I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope I have eternal life. I'm not sure. He says, oh, I'm sure, he says, I say to you, if you believe in me, you have everlasting life. I talked to somebody here about two weeks ago. They weren't sure, and I said, do you believe that Jesus loves you? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Does he want you to be in his kingdom forever? Yes. Have the assurance that you've got it. Fly that banner of eternal life, the gift of eternal life in your life. Fly it high. Paul proclaims, you know this one, Romans 6, 23, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is a gift that we can have today. So you have life, you have eternal life. Here's a good one. How about forgiveness of sins? Can you have joy because you are completely, totally pardoned and forgiven of all your sins? You have it. 1 John 2, 12 says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. When Satan comes at you and tries to review your life and all your past, you can tell him Jesus has taken care of it. Talk to him about it. Ask him where my sins are. They are forgiven. Banner four. Banners of joy, life, eternal life, forgiveness. How about the promise of the resurrection? How many of us have loved ones that we miss that we want to see again? One of the really hard things about being a pastor is funerals. And there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. And if you don't have that hope and you think that's the end, it's despair. But we proclaim with, with Jesus, he says, John 11, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who, here we go again, he who believes in me, though he dies, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And he asks a question that I ask you specifically today. Do you believe this? Not just in your head, but in your heart. Do you believe that a person who believes in Jesus Christ, if he dies or she dies, that they will live again? Believe it? And do you believe that those who are alive now and may not die if Jesus returns will live forever? He says, do you believe this? Evidently, some were struggling with it. Some struggle today. Banner of life, banner of eternal life, banner of forgiveness, hope in the resurrection. There's a lot of joy in those four banners. But we've got another good one. And we could go on and on. I had to stop at five. But number five is God has brought us one day closer to the coming of Jesus. Now, if you want to do something fun, take out your cell phone. Not now, later. Uh, take out your cell phone, go to the calendar. And I went back 
1962, the day I was born, to see what day I was born on. It was a Tuesday. But you can also go ahead pretty far. I mean, you can go ahead, slide ahead pretty far. Do you know somewhere, somewhere on that future calendar is the day Jesus is going to come? Now, I don't know what it is. I don't know what year. I don't know what day. I know he's coming. I know I've got about 25, 30 years to live. If I really start eating right, which is going to be tough, um, I might squeeze out 40 more. But at some point, the clock's going to run out. So I got two things going on. Either the clock's going to run out or Jesus is going to come. I'm okay with either one of those. But somewhere on that calendar is the day that Jesus will come. We don't know it, but it's coming. So today, you can say that God has brought us, you, one day closer to the coming of Jesus. Life, eternal life, forgiveness, the resurrection, the second coming. There's a lot to be joyful for. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, got a news reporter here, so I want to take it easy on the news. I'm not going to go too hard. But I, it's not your channel, so this is good news for you. Um, when I turn my TV on, it immediately goes to news. And it usually is not joyful. But it can be. I mean, we're really happy they caught this guy. That's, that's good news. They run some stories on, you know, people doing good things. But a lot of times, it can be depressing. But it can be good. God's news for us in all the hard times, in whatever you're going through, whatever is happening in the world, what's ever happening in your life, you've got these banners planted that you can look at and see waving. And just like the Cubs are going to have a World Series banner, and just like we have these banners of the tribes, did God do good things for them? Sure. Did they deserve everything he did? Absolutely not. Did he save them, deliver them, give them a promised land, give them a hope, give them a Messiah? I believe it was Judah. Wasn't that the tribe? I want to make sure I get it right. The Messiah came through the tribe of Judah. Wow. As blessed as they were, so are you. So what are you going to do with these banners in your life? Can you claim them as promises to you? Absolutely. You claim them. You plant them. You believe in them. Jesus, thank you for life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for the hope of the resurrection. Thank you that you're coming back. The enemy cannot capture these flags. Pastor Jeff, you spent some time in Virginia, didn't you? Yeah, you're not from Virginia, are you, though? No, but you spent time there. I want to talk about Virginia and Minnesota for a second. When we lived in Minnesota, we discovered in the Capitol building in St. Paul, Minnesota, let me come talk to you guys. They have in the Capitol building a Confederate battle flag from the Army of Virginia that... Minnesota soldiers captured during the Civil War. Virginia has asked for the flag back. 
Minnesota has repeatedly sent a one-word answer. It begins with N and ends in O. No, we want it. We captured it. We're going to keep it. So there's a Confederate battle flag flying there. Your banners of life, eternal life, forgiveness, resurrection, second coming, the enemy can't take them away. You can give them up. You can stop believing in them. But they cannot be forcibly taken away. You can fly them every day in your life. And it might be good in the morning to reflect on them and before you go to bed, reflect on them. Let me share something personal with you. Um, as we get older, and some of you could relate to this, we start to think about the end of life. And the fact that my dad died at 66 and I'm 54 brings me into a range where I start thinking about things. And sometimes I think about, what if I went to bed and when I woke up I was looking at the clouds? That'd be okay, but I'd hate to miss out on a lot of what's going on in my family's life and others. And you come to this, you come to face the uh, mortality of life in this world as an issue. And as a father and a husband, I feel like it's my job to take care of everyone, tell them how to do things right and provide for them, protect them, and honestly believe that they could never make it without me. But you have to come to a peace and place where you come to the point and think, it's okay. When my time runs out as a believer, however it is, it's okay. It's okay because of the great promises we have. So I think of two people that close out here. I, I think about Paul, read a lot about Paul, and I think about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you've read his story, how his life finished in a Nazi prison, and he was executed like Paul was executed. And read Acts of the Epistles, the execution of Paul, that's an amazing chapter, how it talks about when he went to have his head cut off, he went joyfully. And the guards and the people there were amazed that he could have that attitude. And the early church that was persecuted in the first century, as they were thrown to the lions and, the, and, and persecuted and executed, they went with joy. They had it, amazingly. Is that joy real to you? The enemy, he can't capture it. He can't take it away. So Jesus would say to you, I say to you, the Bible says to you, march through your life with the banner of joy. Make your life a banner of joy that, that is a witness to all that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. May your joy in knowing Jesus as your personal Savior be a banner that is seen by everyone. Make your joyful attitude a witness to all that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. 
Hold this banner high. Never let it go. May the winds of the Holy Spirit blow those banners, blow that banner of joy every day of your life through eternity. Amen. Father in heaven, we have joy because we know you. We have joy for what you've done for us. And may the banner of joy fly high over our lives as we live for you in all that we do. As we go out into the world, as we face trouble, as we face things, we have an attitude of peace and joy knowing that you are with us. In Christ's name, amen.